You're listening to Adam Air MD GED Underground Cartoon Therapy. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Glad you could join me tonight as I down a butterscotch pudding cup and eat some beef ramen. We're going to take a trip tonight into the south with C2, who is, uh, was well enough to join us tonight, thankfully, and my mom. Grandma Gutterpunk returns tonight. Mm. And I'm smoking some shit called uh, Tasty Gelato. I don't know. There's no real taste to it, but it's that creeper shit. Speaking of creeper, <laughs> this episode is definitely creeper. Mm. You know, you've heard a couple shows with my mom. But, uh, she's my adopted mom. And I'm, uh, proud that she's, like, taking the time to, you know, be there for not just me, but for an extended family, as she puts it on the show. And the way her and C2 bond on the show is pretty special. <laughs> pretty loving, man. Man, the way these guys go off, I really don't have much to say, but I have a few things. <laughs> but these guys know their magic. So join the coven tonight. We're just a few nights away from the full moon. And I'm going to do a cleansing ritual specifically in chaos magic <clears throat> and I had tried to do this and failed in uh, Georgetown Seattle when I was recording out there not that long ago I couldn't pull it off the way I wanted to I'm going to tell you a story about that tonight too the sin eater don't you cry and that works with the uh, Mr. Baron Somdi. Samedi. You know. My mom knows a lot about this stuff. She's enriched deeply into the New Orleans voodoo. And C2 happens to know just a bunch of shit, too, man. Like I said, you're going to sit back, and we're going to have a good time tonight. <laughs> Pretty special shit. I've been wanting to do a voodoo episode for a minute, so it's nice that I can pull it off. Mm. I hope you enjoy it as we talk about a water dragon and a headless priest. <laughs> Good, bad, neutral ghosts. At her gate, 
Uh, Marie Laveau. I think that's her name. Hmm. A little truth about her. Most people don't know. Will be revealed tonight. And I hope you have a fucking awesome time. Alright. I'll see you guys in a bit. As the four train rolls by. <laughs> Here in the Bronx where I'm fucking re actually recording this. Wow, that was awesome. That was an Aztec skull whistle you guys just heard on the bumper. And uh, <laughs> C2 joins me after a horrific mountain accident. I don't want to really exploit you too much, but <laughs> your body is withered in scars. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a track record. <laughs> We're just glad to have you back, and we love you, and... I know people out there in pod, Podzine land. Is that my mom? I guess we got Grandma Gutterpunk joining us. Hey, I got C2 hey. and Grandma Gutterpunk in the same show. Holy shit, you guys are fucking in for it. My God. And tonight's topic is voodoo. Voodoo. Voodoo, voodoo, you do. <laughs> It's good to hear you, Mom. You do that you do, so <laughs> The voodoo that doo-doo. <laughs> well, no one's more authenticated in the, uh, I think the line of voodoo recognition here goes to my mom, then C2, and then I'm at the bottom of the barrel with my knowledge. So I definitely want to hear some stories. I've been thrown for the Louisiana order of witchcraft coven here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh. So I do have actual credentials. You do have credentials, and I, I know this firsthand, and now the people out there in Podzine land know it too. And that's why I wanted to get you guys on the show, plus you're my mom, and I love you. And C2, I've missed you too, buddy. So I got some family here tonight. It's a family show. We're going to talk about horrific voodoo killings. <laughs> Me too. I already love you too. Hmm. Well, thank you, Miss. Aw. I have an extended family. You would be surprised. But anywhere the internet can go, I can go. I think I feel and believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to sit around the campfire tonight, gang. And uh, we're going to take a little trip into the deep south, specifically in New Orleans where uh, your dear grandma Gutterpunk is. And uh, she was just telling us before the show, you were just telling us about the new uh, gutter snippets you were making. You want to talk about that for a minute before we launch into some voodoo? I'm starting to write a book called, I'm going to call it Gutter Snippets from Grandma Gutterpunk for all the little gutter snipes out there. <laughs> and it's going to be road knowledge and common sense that they don't teach you in books or at school. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds great. Thank you for my need that might be able to help you in a pinch. Hmm. Well, I know that's true. And I know that your wisdom has gotten me through a few th uh, problems I've had way before oh, the you, show. You Love this. Nicole bought me a duck suit. 
a onesie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's got one too. And we went out to fly together. And she was flying quack for a buck. And I was flying a waddle for a dollar. <laughs> that's awesome I, go out, I think I'm going to make one that says we really move our tails for you <laughs> well that's pretty hardcore <laughs> a duck suit <laughs> in a duck suit that's <laughs> Purple hair and all. You still got purple hair right now, Mom? Sure do, Nicole. Died it just the other day. And what are you using, man? Like manic panic or something? I use flat midnight amethyst. Ooh. Because it comes out dark purple, like what we call K and B purple around here. That magnolia bloom purple. <laughs> well, there used to be a pharmacy chain down here called K and B. Oh, I remember that. They sold everything: liquor, ice cream. They had their own brand a bit of just about everything. And I waited and I waited for them to come out with a decent purple hair dye because lavender just ain't me. Yeah, I'm not into pastels. I'm into bright, vibrant things or oh yeah, dark things. One or the other, yeah. Yeah. So finally they came out with this Midnight Amethyst, and I tried it. And I've got so many compliments on it, I think I'm just going to stick to that. So they do have like a turquoise color I've been wanting to try, too. I might try that for a change. Oh, that's nice. Well, I just tried the red from Splat, and uh didn't work on me. It, it turned my head. Instead of Fire Engine Red, it made me uh, cotton candy pink. Oh no! <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> you bleach your hair before you use it. Yeah, I bleached beforehand, and uh, I think it just and you know that splat when you get it on your hands, it's going to stay on there like a dye pack from a bank. Oh yeah, I put it <laughs> they don't run around looking like baby Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found some uh I found some uh you know uranium two twenty five that was purple. I put that in my hair to try to dye it and you saw the results. I'm as bald as a cue ball now. Now I'm just playing. Radiation exposure, it'll get you every time. Yep, that uranium. Yeah, you can see how you never lived on a military base. <laughs> <laughs> You could see Adam out there on Rocky Flat sticking his head on the ground. There's green light flying out his behind. It was amazing. Hey, you're supposed to keep that private. <laughs> there is no privacy. <laughs> no privacy. No respect. <laughs> and you guys, this is this is for real now. Y'all wanted to hear something spooky about New Orleans. Yeah. One night when the fog was rolling in off the river and the lake, I went to cut down Pirate's Alley. Yeah. And go by the Pirate's Alley bar. I was going to give me a little shot of absinthe to hold off. And I ran into the headless priest. 
Oh, wow. Talk about scaring the bejesus out of somebody. Some motherfucker without a head? Yeah. And he's a priest. He's in a long cassock and stuff. Oh, shit. There's a legend about him. And how's that go? Well, it, they say that he loved New Orleans so much he'll never leave. He uh, prayed for all the people during the yellow fever epidemic and stuff. Oh. Damn. And you met yeah. you met the ghost, huh? Yeah. I don't know why he's headless. They don't explain in any other legend. That's what I was wondering about. And I could sure tell he didn't have a head. Huh. Do you think it had something to do with like tradition in New Orleans why he didn't have a head, maybe? Maybe, maybe. Maybe he didn't want people so hung up on his face. He wanted them to be hung up on what he stood for. Oh, wow. That's... He erased his face. Sometimes spirits will do that. Huh. I... They have a choice in how they manifest. That's true. That's hardcore metaphor. It's about as physical metaphor as it gets, huh? Yeah. Did it scare the shit out of you, Mom? Oh, Jesus. I had to go in the bar and check my underwear. Holy fuck. Hey, you ever been down near Fallberg Center or Checkpoint Charlie's there in the corner? Yeah, I used to play at checkpoints all the time with my cousin Jim Smith. Yeah, you know the Fallberg Center just down the street about a bar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did some uh, ghost work there myself back in Oh, wow. What happened to you there, C2? Oh, Bomberg Center, about a block off Checkpoint Charlie there, and uh, it's an old theater. And the guy who was running that thing had a whole bunch of people he's just rented it out to, uh, you know, just kind of so people could be in the uh, quarter during the whole Mardi Gras and squatters the rest of the time. And uh, oh, everybody yeah. was getting screwed with, and he wanted to look that before everything got sideways. So I was there about it's like 98 in January, and that was a weird place. It's an old spooky-ass theater, and everybody's living downstairs, and the, the sump pumps are going 24-7 to keep it clear down there, and uh, I spent one night down there, and I just put recorders out and did some other stuff, and I woke up because I thought I heard water running down the wall, turned on the light, and there was just a migration of cockroaches coming down the wall, just a sheet. Ooh. And so I just got off the bed, stood back, and it was going from a crack in the top to a crack in the foundation. But it was just literally a wall of cockroaches. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at here. So Manifestation. Yeah, definitely. It didn't feel normal. Flies will come sometimes for evil. Yeah, this was definitely uh, something moving around from top to bottom. It was pretty interesting. I get that. That's probably one of the most... Uh, Strangest insect manifestations I've seen, but I don't know. I saw a lot of stuff on the rooftops around there when I was down there, and it's hard to keep track of what was human and what was not being human in its actions. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta really watch, like when you're riding a trolley and you're looking in some of them big houses up in the Garden District. Sometimes mm-hmm. stuff looking back at you out the windows is pretty wild. Ooh. Yeah, the only other weird one I saw was the moonwalk there off the park. I was out there one night, and there was definitely something moving around down there that wasn't a person. And this is before 
you know, everybody had a flashlight and a cell phone, so I was just trying to figure out what the heck it is. And popped out a little light, got a lot of eye shine, but went to the water and hauled butt. And I don't think it was too big to be an otter muskrat or something like that, but it was pretty spooky. Wow. Probably a gator. There's a big one that lives down there under the wharf. Okay, could be. Uh, I didn't know that, but yeah, I thought that was spooky as it. <laughs> mm. Well, talk about spooky. Try waking up with about a 12 to 15 foot gator pulling itself up all the Oh, that was just Adam. <laughs> no, I was sleeping down there with my pit bull, Cayenne. Oh, and uh, Cayenne alerted and started barking. And she didn't alert like it was a wharf rat she wanted to catch. This was something that scared her. So my buddy David took a torch and went down there. And he said, oh, my God, Maggie, you won't believe this. He said, let me get a steel pipe so we can measure it. And he put the steel pipe alongside the gator. And then he brought it back, and we pulled out a tape measure and uh, measured it. And that's how we figured out how big she was. Oh, my. Wow. Big old female. Mm. So you know she got some little ones swimming around, too. Okay, that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. I never heard that yeah. one. Well, we were camping the other side of the levee by Cooter Browns one day, and some guys rolled up in the middle of the night and said, "Anybody want a pet?" And they threw a gator off the back of their truck, and its mouth was duct taped. Oh Jesus. So somebody had to jump on its back and cut the duct tape so it didn't starve to death, right? Yeah. yeah. Guess who got elected? Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. You seem honored enough to volunteer. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got the head. But my two buddies distracted it while I jumped on its back with a buck knife and cut the duct tape. <laughs> Jesus. And then they distracted it and steered it towards the water while I ran the other direction after I bailed off its back. You're like, fuck this. Once they can't just turn and touch their nose to the tail. Mm. As long as you bail off in that area and let it run the other way, you're doing okay. You know, but when Adam was eating... outrun you on land in the 50-yard gap. Oh, yeah. You know, when Adam was younger, we used to have to do the same thing to him around hot pockets. <laughs> yeah, I know Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I you had to. You had to. <laughs> it's okay. Let him get near the hot fries and the ranch dip. Mm. Uh oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Hunter S. Thompson, Hunter uh, Huff and Ether, man. <laughs> There's nothing more depraved than a man in the binge of a frying Cool Ranch fucking dip. You know, session. Nothing more depraved. <laughs> I can just vision you coming out of the ceiling like aliens, ranch grist and gripping instead of swimming. Adam <laughs> <laughs> would be in heaven. He'd jump on the spaceship in a minute. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Especially if the motherfucker was blue cheese. Oh, it'd be over. Boy, we are busting your chops. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm the chop buster. <laughs> yeah, 
So, Graham, a gutter punk, can I ask you to uh, tell all these Hessians and unknowledgeable people, you know, tell them about Baron Samdi, you know, because so many people don't understand a single darn thing about that and get all stupid with it. Well, Baron Samdi is the guardian of the crossroads, and a lot of people think he's evil, but he's not necessarily evil. He can go either way. See, the crossroads symbolizes choice. Mm-hmm. And everybody makes a choice on where they end up, which side of the ground they depend, they decide to stand on, be it for evil or for good. Mm. I don't believe in organized religions. I do believe in religion. You know, I do believe there's something more intelligent than us out there. Yeah. yeah. Some of this shit was planned. But the Baron's all right, man. I've worked with him a couple times on different stuff. And he's really good. He's good at influencing judges when they make their decisions on you, too. Oh, yeah, the Four Thieves Oil and then Crossing Oil. Yeah, I, I remember all those. And you know, yeah. you know, Mom, I'm working with the Baron right now and for another uh, three years, well, three years and yeah. two months. With the portal. Yep. And uh, you guys out there in podcast land, if you haven't heard it, go back and uh, listen to 821. And it's written in uh, far, uh, far uh, how you say it? Far, far, I can't even pronounce it right now. It's written in rune. And it says, t- oh, the foo-fark. Co- yeah, Fark, thank you. Uh, and it says, cause no harm, take no shit. And it's about opening that portal with the Baron. And Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, and a girl that was killed on the Mississippi River named Esmeralda. And I'm working with those four spirits right now. But I did have a dinner with the Baron in Voodoo Alley out there in the Seventh Ward. I tell you what, I've met him a few times, and once was right outside of uh, Checkpoint Charlie. Well, I don't find it hard to believe it's on a corner crossroad right there, isn't it? Right, yeah. <laughs> and Gady is, is that how you pronounce it, Gady, Mom? Getty. Getty. Getty is, yeah. like, right beneath New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, Getty's like a super Noir, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, a water dragon that lives under this city, too, that's got to be kept in check. A water dragon. You want to tell us yeah, about that a little bit? You can feel him sometimes when you walk that circle in Jackson Square in the square park. He's just swimming under there, huh? There's a yeah. whole bunch of old limestone underneath there. And, you know, if you want to be scientific, you could say it's hammer cavitation or water movement. But you get water movement there even when it's dry. So, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. And, and you can feel the dragon's heartbeat. Yeah. You can feel the heartbeat project, they say, in the punch train as the level goes up and down daily. And if some people say tide, but some people say it's the heartbeat or movement of the dragon itself. It is. Wow. Because we've had some of the worst storms when the dragon starts stirring. Mm. Yes. So what about Petra and Rada? What is it? There's, uh, you know, the little Iwa, you know, like Petro, Rada, Getty's underneath the city. But, oh, yeah. 
What was I going to say? Oh, something about Ursuly. Ursuly, yes. We do a lot of work with Ursuly down here because we have so many people coming here as a destination for weddings, etc. Oh, yeah. Oh, right on. Ursuly is the lower lower of love. Mm. And for a lot of people out there that don't understand what a loa is, it's it's hard to describe, but imagine a giant. It's an elemental giant aspect of the land or representation of nature. Uh, that's just a bad generalization there, Grandma Butterfly. Just throw that yeah, out there. Yeah, people, people call them the gods and goddesses of voodoo. Mm. Uh, to me, they represented more of the primal natural aspects, which happen project into the imprint of voodoo. <laughs> I, you know, the one thing I wanted to ask too, uh, Mom was. Oh, big old shepherd dog. Oh, I heard it. It's at the German shepherd dog. Oh shit! The colonel's flipping out, huh? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I flipped out because it got loose and come out right here by my fence. Oh no! Right. Move, Lucy. Move. You're not going out there, Lucy. I don't need shepherd and wolf. Uh, <laughs> Come here, Shepherd. <laughs> Dude, my mom's got the best dogs, C2. Yeah, she said she had a pity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she died not too long ago from congestive heart failure. Oh. But I, I had her for years and years. That was my Cayenne. The general ran Cayenne and Moose. And then he had his wife, Ruzi Floozy, who was a little red brindle uh, chihuahua dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a Ruzi Floozy. And she was an honorary member of the Kazoozy Floozies. And they even gave her her own kazoo. <laughs> I made a little grass skirt for her and a little coconut bra and she would stand on her back legs and do the hula <laughs> she loved to dance oh. I've seen some crazy dance in New Orleans <laughs> yeah well awesome. only in New Orleans could you have a marching club like the Kazuzi Fluzzi Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or the Amelia Earhart. <laughs> oh. That's true. I've <clears throat> been around for a long time. Or the Rolling Elvi. The Colonel liked that one. Colonel Moe. The Colonel. Yes. Mom, I was going to ask you a question about Marie Laveau. Well, she's now technically everybody goes there a lot. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people that go there, they they're drawn towards Marie Laveau's place of uh, where she's buried. But I, I remember us having this talk a while back about how she was never buried and she was burnt under an oak tree. Maybe does that sound correct? Yeah. That, that's the reality of it, right? Yeah. The tomb that they're going to is actually her daughter. Oh, wow. I didn't know that part. 
Her daughter looked so much like her that she stepped in and took over the business when her mama died, and nobody even knew Marie was gone for a long, long time. And then they put it together, and she ain't coming back. Yep. Now, how? What would have happened at that point when she would have been burnt? What do you? What can? What do you think happened there? I think she probably ordered herself cremated so that her daughter could take a place. I guess that makes sense, huh? Because cremation lives a lot. Well, she Sorry. had lived so much of her life in public that I think she wanted her her uh, remembrance kept private. Hmm. And she and also. Daughter to slide in and take her place. That way, she was leaving something for her kids—a viable way for them to make a living. Yeah. Also, when you're in Houdan, the darker idiots in the midst of it, best not to leave a body. <laughs> mm. Yes, because it can get dug up and used. That's true, and they, she didn't want that to happen. No, she did she not want to. She did not want to be turned into something in somebody's dark magic spell. Nor, I think, did uh, she want a grave use for people trying to gather goofer dust. Oh, gosh. And goofer dust, they have to have. It's part of what goes in with the blowfish poison to make the zombie powder. Yeah. And uh, Adam, you've seen one of the components out here in Colorado. It's old Molin hag paper. Oh. That big fuzzy leaf one. Huh. That's part of the do for dust. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they can also make crossing dust with that, and you don't want that. No. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. Well, damn, dude. That's. Yeah. And to everybody out there, crossing dust is a cursing dust, for a lack of a better term. I was going to say, tell <laughs> tell everybody out there what. The <clears throat> yeah. Why? Goofer dust is goofer dust can steal the soul and push you into the zombie state, and can have quite a few different effects. And crossing dust is how you hex somebody, throw the curse, and people uh, spend a lot of time learning how to uncross people from all the crossing that goes there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of the, the uh, ladies having to use the egg spell. Yep. I still make my own fourth ease vinegar from scratch. You know what I ground a better about? Wow. There's not <laughs> too many people that do that. I used to do all the oils and stuff for the Louisiana Historic Buddha Museum. And Charles had found an old grimoire, and I did everything according to the steps. I followed it faithfully, and he liked that. That's why he had me doing it and nobody else. And I you know would get I... very mad if I was in the shop kitchen working on some oils and somebody come in there and broke my seals and my wards. Oh, yeah. Mm. Two things I missed from being down south and when I had a lot of friends down there was real dragon's blood resin and true Glengall oil. 
Damn. That sounds heavy. Well, I'd like to see if I can get my hands on some dragon's blood and send it to you. Oh, I miss my glingo oil. You can't find any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. That's actually a what? That's a wonderful green oil. Um, it's got a lot of interesting smells, powers, and even on the pharmaceutical level, it's a very powerful selective cellular toxin for diseases. Oh, wow. Yep. There's science and there's magic in Voodoo, that's for sure. Yep, a very powerful healing tool. Yep. For hardcore disease. Yep, I grew up in Tennessee and Gatlinburg back in the early 70s, so we had uh, our local hedge folk was Martha Redbone, and so she taught me a lot of the mountain ways, and there's a lot of the uh, Orlands Way uh, moved up into the mountains there, the Smokies right there. So I picked up a lot of what you got by just co-contamination, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the mountains I, up there are full of things. You know, not I still, even, they're not as bad as the superstition. Oh, no. I've seen things in the superstitions that'll curl your hair. Oh, you, yeah. You want to tell us a story about that? Well, finish what you're saying, CT, but I, I want to hear a story. Well, I was going to tell Grandma Gutterpunk I got something. She would bring a smile to her face. Did you know I, has, I have one of the original 1890 copies of John George Holman's Long Lost Friend? Wow. <laughs> I figured you might be the only person I've ever talked to in the past decade who has an idea of what I'm talking about. It's so good. Oh, yeah. My mom I've does. got a, a dictionary from 1825 signed in one of the original lead pencils, but it's an Apache English, English Apache dictionary. And all those grammar data phones right here is a missionary. Uh, Grandma Gutterpunk, you know, I'm one of eight people left that actually knows any mobilian. What is that? Uh, it's the original trade patois of that entire region up into the uh, Tennessee down to Louisiana. Yeah. The mobilian trade language. And I learned a whole bunch of that when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> Boy, this is fun. I get to reminisce. Well, I want to hear some of those hair curling stories my mom was just saying. Superstition, mom, superstition mountains, time to go. Tell some scary ones, mom, so I can sleep good tonight. <laughs> well, there's often tales about whirlwinds and and uh, voices and strange mists that come out of nowhere up there. So I had to go up there for in my travels. And investigate. Well, we picked a nice campsite. We thought we were all right. We did the sunrise and sunset And I figured we'd be all right. And we wake up in the middle of the night and we hear Indian flute music. Well, I said, man, I thought we were the only ones out here in this part of the mountain. I said, let's go look this person up and meet him and see if they got anything we can learn from. 
And there were like three of us, and they all set up following me. Huh. Well, the next morning, we're looking around, we don't recognize nowhere we're at. And we finally get oriented and try to go back to Kansas. And it's like five miles away, a five mile hike. Wow. We had been following Coco Pelli. Well, that's a trickster. <laughs> Coco Pelli is the trickster. He knew we were out there hunting stuff, and rather than have us find what we were looking for, he decided to lead us in another direction. Kind of losing you a little bit there, Mom. I said, rather than, than uh, let us find what we were looking for, he decided he'd lead us off in the other direction. Mm. Because that's what he does. He's tricking you. you. Well, it could be protecting or screwing with you. I think he was screwing. Gotcha. I don't know, though, because that part of the superstition is uh, noted for having some friendly type. And there's supposed to be a Wendigo around there and everything. So, oh, shit. Been... Yep, the superstitions is an old volcanic crater mountain range. It's pretty weird. Out in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. The Apache stronghold. We're the only ones that go in there with impunity. The spirits generally don't mess with us. You know? Yeah. We hear stories about them messing with everybody, but generally they watch over us because that's our stronghold and our place of spiritual power. Yeah, and I like it's got two ranges. You got the outer range, Adam, and you got to get over that, which is the actual volcano range. And then you get into the crater, and there's a mountain inside the middle of the crater. Yeah, that's the inner fortress. That's how yep. we held off the white men for so long. Was we hold up in that fortress, and they couldn't get in there. I'm getting a lot of interference. Oh, that was just me rolling up my tobacco bag. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, that's a worthy interference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just rolled me a couple of cigarettes. Nice. What you smoking? You got any Connecticut uh, University in there? Or are you just smoking local? No, but I'm smoking native grown. There's Ooh. a... There's a shop in Terrytown that carries Native American tobacco. They market a lot of tobacco to get around the cigarette tax. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, there, Grandma Gutterpunk. How about I figure after this, get send you some uh, Osha root and Uva Ursi from Colorado. Oh, I definitely need some Osha root. Oh, I'm a master of Osha root. It's uh, I got. Literally, I've been cultivating it for about three decades now, and I figured huh. out how to propagate it through various means. So oh, wow. I've been having a I lot of fun. That I can mix with 100 proof alcohol and make uh, uh, lung medicine. I, I lost you on that. Your voice went in and out. I make myself herbal lung medicine out of it. Oh, cool. Oh, well, yeah. That's cool. The stuff I have, yeah, the stuff I have is. Uh, 
probably some of the strongest you're going to encounter. And in fact, uh, we even take it down to the negative 100 degrees to shatter the plant cells and then we send it out because that way you can get all the constituents from inside the cells that you normally can't get at and it makes you have to harvest a lot less and it makes it a lot stronger yeah oh the last uh, i had sage scabrini brought me some into town well darn it i'm gonna have to get you some once the snow breaks and get your big old chunk down there yeah she made me a herbal inhaler and it actually opened my bronchial tubes up more, better than the the Spy River or the uh, what's that other one he put me on for a while in Cruiser. Uh, you know that oh, Usnia that grows down there. In Cruiser Lifter, that was the yeah. other one. You know that Usnia that grows down in the uh, on the trees, the tree lichen with the central cord. Yeah. Yeah, that Usnia is a very powerful lung helper, too. We use Usnia up in the forest here, here down there you have Barbata. So, pretty strong, good with the lungs. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, because uh, I've had bronchitis all my life, and now they say I've got bronchial COPD. And if mm. you live in New Orleans, if, if you live in New Orleans, <laughs> well, Everybody says you get COPD and you're still smoking. And I said, well, from everything I've read, COPD don't get better if you stop smoking. Once you got it, you got it. Yeah. And for those who don't know, try if you if you haven't lived in New Orleans and you're down there January, February, you're going to get what the locals call seasonal nose. <laughs> yes, indeed. Seasonal <laughs> nose. That means your sinus is intact and they won't break through till you leave state. <laughs> yep. Yep. I've been sneezing blood slime. I <laughs> it is such a southern thing. Instead of sneezing blood slime, we're like, yes, we have the seasonal nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I have uh, allergy to juniper. And right now the juniper pollen is high. Oh, yeah. What are you barking at, General Mills? The Colonel. Why are you barking at General Mills? Oh. You know I love you. That's Adam. Yeah, hey, Colonel. Hey, Momo. I miss you. See you there. I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh. Old man, I love you. I hear him. <laughs> so cute. Punk. We're getting into the tail end of the show here, so we're going to start wrapping up. So what else you want to tell us? Or Adam, you got anything? Uh, the one, you know, we've had a couple of experiences together, me and mom here, and... I guess the oh, when I had the EVP thing hooked up to my phone. Exactly, and remember the also the uh, the trickster guy that lived that that hangs out with you that used to ride the rails with you. Oh, George. Yep. Yeah, my hobo friend. Yep. Oh, he's he's cool. in clothes like the twenties or the thirties, and when I lived up above the witchcraft shop on uh, Saint Phillips. 
George attached himself to me. I was about 12 years old. And George has been following me all over the place ever since. Oh, wow. He likes to teleport stuff and he's mischievous, but he's not, you know, harmful. Even though that, that knife trick he did wasn't that nice. That wasn't him. That was that angry spirit that stayed in the back part of foot society. Oh, is that the foot spirit? That was that angry spirit. I knew that immediately. Oh, okay. It wasn't George. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was. George don't play with knives. If there was anywhere in the apartment I didn't want George to go, I'd put one of my swords there. Yeah. Oh, oh that's handy. Because <laughs> I play with swords. So Hear that, folks? She's got swords. Don't mess with her, I tell you. Oh, they've heard swords two other episodes with her. <laughs> For sure. Swords and baseball bats. Fuck yeah, beat Mom. On the brat. John the brat. Get on the brat with the baseball bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Mom, for joining us tonight. And I just wanted to thank you for taking the time. It's good to have you back on the show. Oh, I love being there. I know you do. Thank you for taking me. Thank you for taking me down memory lane. Jeez. <laughs> you know, you're always welcome to come visit. I, I might in the future. Yep. That's why I have suits on in the front room. I'll bring C2 down there with me, Mom. <laughs> we'll, we'll hang out and... We'll get a perspective from C2, because obviously he's got a lot of fucking knowledge about that, like you do. Oh, yeah. You guys are kind of blowing me away. I'm just sitting back like, uh, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Say it again, Mom? I said I'd like to take him up to the twin stacks sometime and see how he, what he feels. Oh, yeah. That should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> it's been a voodoo little hour here guys and uh want to thank you and don't that fuck with magic so <laughs> oh that was so weird when we had that evp meter hooked up too and this voice come through clear as day and said i wouldn't exactly call it murder oh that. yeah <laughs> That's right, C two. This thing would th we had a we had a nap on our thing that would like it, the voices would come back and at points it would show you where they were at and if they were uh, good, neutral, good or, bad. or bad. Wow! And uh, the neutral ones are more rampant around, and they'll just come and walk right through you. But the um, yeah. but the um, the evil ones, man. That there was one night me and mom were out there. It was fucked up. That's the night we saw the glowing red Nibiru light. Yeah. Coming from the sky, and we were like, what the fuck's that? And it was obviously Nibiru had hit some kind of point in the atmosphere at night where it was reflecting red everywhere. And I was just like, it's Planet X, right? That's what it, because that's as close as it was. I think that was 2000, uh, 
nineteen, two eighteen or nineteen, one or the other. That was yeah, that was pretty wild. There's a cemetery over by my house, and we'd hear people coming and going from it. And a lot of the slang was like twenties and thirties slang. They were talking about speakeasies and jazz clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that. Yeah, I forgot about that murder one. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that fucks me up. Yeah, man. So I tried to come through several times, and finally I took the app off my phone for a little while, and then snuck and put it back on. But that was the only way I could get rid of it. You think they can tell that we got that app on there? Oh, yeah. Huh. I never thought about it like that. I think that one, the ones that want to speak are kind of drawn to it. And that's why they're just, like, talking shit, pretty much. Yeah, that cemetery is pretty wild, man. I, I remember I got drawn out there that one night. Even the dogs are getting disturbed on this one. I got a good drink, guy. Jump off. Are you missing? Oh, hey, George. All right. Sounds like the gang showed up. I think we're going to wrap it up, guys. <laughs> All right. George and them are here to pick up Lucy, so I got to go. We love you, Mom. All righty. I love you, too. Bye-bye, Mama. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> That was pretty wild, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't take anything less for the show, dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) Boy, that was a trip down memory lane. I haven't had to deal with uh, a lot of the southern occult magics and systems and entities and stuff. God, forever. Yep, she's all about it. She's all about it. I forgot how much I remember. You you know a lot, dude. You know fucking things I didn't know. Oh, yeah, you know me. I'm an encyclopedia of the Akashic Record itself some days. Uh, whatever the fuck that is. And gang, I want to tell you, don't fuck with voodoo. Because uh, it can fuck you back. It really can. My mom's got the stories. We didn't get, we got we got a few, that was enough. But she's got she's a fucking encyclopedia too, man. I mean, goddamn, that woman's done shit that I fucking, you know, she's amazing. I'm glad you got to meet her, C two, and I'm glad you guys got to hear her again out there. And uh, due to popular demand, we had to bring her back. I've been I've been asked a few times this season, hey, when's your mom coming back? And I was like, well, I guess this was the night. This was the. The ghost story. (laughs) You guys are fucking teammates already. (laughs) Nah, she'll love you, man. We'll meet her. We'll go meet her. We'll go down. We're going to have to make a New Orleans live action show anyway or some shit down there. Get the concrete blonde going. Ways and means to New Orleans. (laughs) Okay, we're going to skip that part, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, not the concrete blonde! No! No. Oh, you got to do it, Darth Vader. Dude. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to jump off and let you say goodbye to everybody. Before I go, everybody, once again, let us know you liked it, hated it, message us, tell us what you want, ask questions. So, Thank you. Out there and I'll catch you later. And if you need to call, 
you can call 206-666-5847. And that's the number to the studio. It's not a joke, and it is the darkest number in podcast metal. So please use it. And uh, <laughs> my mom loves you all. C2, love you, man. I'm glad you're doing a little better. And please don't fall off a fucking mountain again, motherfucker. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can, I can handle it better than those. So, yeah. I know you can. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Love you all. Later. All right. That was fucking awesome. Especially the explosive dog get, uh, orgasm ending. <laughs> uh, you gotta love those southern dogs. My goodness. Well, you joined the coven tonight. Two warlocks and a witch walk into a bar <laughs> in New Orleans. Probably Checkpoint Charlie's. <laughs> Oh my god. That roach wall thing kind of freaked me out too. The Anyway, I think you guys are great. Thank you for joining me today on episode 91. Episode 91. What the fuck? Want to do a crematory episode. Like I said at the beginning of the show, the chick fucking flaked out. Yeah, fucker. I called a fucking emergency 247 crematorium, and the call went out to somebody. I'm going to drill that funeral show, but I hope you enjoyed the voodoo show tonight. And the voodoo show was a hell of a lot better, and turned out a lot better, I think, than anything else I could have done. Well, thanks, C2, for not killing yourself. Yeah, stop running around in the fucking mountain, motherfucker. No, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> and I want to thank my mom for just being the best fucking gutter puck mom a motherfucker like me could ever have. Hope you liked our little Ramones duet, too. <laughs> well. <laughs> Screaming Jay Hawkins, uh, fucking classic shit. I want to thank everybody for joining, all your support, ongoing. That's why. You guys take care and join me on the next episode. You've been listening to Adam Aaron D. G. D. Underground Cartoon Therapy.